Kansas City Star sports columnist Vahe Gregorian and Sam Melliger stopped by the studio today, and we covered a multitude of topics from the Royals to the Chiefs, a little bit of NHL, a little bit of PGA, and Brooks Kepka. This is Sports Beat KC, a sports podcast presented by the Kansas City Star, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Hello, columnist. <laughs> Vahe Gregorian is here, and so is Sam Mellinger. And it's Monday, May 20th. Am I right about that? Confirmed. Confirmed. Yep. Uh, so I thought it was interesting. Both of you guys wrote about Nikki Lopez last week, and I enjoyed both columns. I was so excited for his first game. And, you know, he had a productive first out. Everybody was really pumped about that. And, and he's... he's been pretty good, you know. Been good at uh, at his position. Been been good at the, you know in the order, and yet um, fortunes haven't changed too much for the Royals. I think with, with the win on Sunday against the Angels, they were already assured of dropping their sixth straight series, something like that. I think I looked this up this morning. They are o nine and one in their last ten series. The they split with uh, Tampa Bay. The Rays, yep. Right. They had a four-game series with the Rays, and <laughs> yeah. they won the doubleheader because yeah. that's it. And is it only one series win, or do they win a second Twice. one? They, they, Twice. They swept yeah. the Indians, and they won that's the right. first the series of the year against the, the White, White Sox. Sox yep. right? So it's nice to have Nicky Lopez here, <laughs> and, uh, and he has played pretty well, it occurs to me, but the, the net result hasn't been what, you know, what you'd hoped, or it hasn't provided the spark. Uh, now, I don't know if that was the intention. It just, we, but we haven't talked since Nicky Lopez arrived. In fact, as our producer, Kathy Lou, uh, you know, we rushed to get an update on last week's podcast to, to include right. with, with Kathy and I coming back into the studio. So, um, look, it's not a bad thing that he's here, but is he, is he going to make a difference? Just a, a quick thought in in my mind is I, we're we're just you know sort of in the embryonic stages of his big league career right and 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 yet I would say I feel like he changes the complexion a little bit I feel like I now feel like there's five or six positions where you like who you have out there every day um, sort of expanded by one now having you know wit wit and right every day and maybe that's not the best place for wit but it's a good enough place for wit. But of course, it just calls more into attention how how treacherous the pitching has been. And first the bullpen, and now really starting. We had a nice start out of Danny Duffy to watch yesterday. But other than that, I mean, it's been been pretty shaky. So, I, I, I this takes me back, Blair, to where we were last week when we were talking about what we project maybe in their next forty games. I still sort of feel like I see them being about eighteen and twenty-two in the next forty games, and I, I feel like they're still on the verge of, of a little breakthrough where they just sort of turn it. And I really can't say why I believe that other than thinking that they've got some good position players. Well, they do. Um, and, and Nicky Lopez in the order basically takes a, you know, an out, you know, an, out of the order. He push it, pushes it down, right? They they put him in the two hole and... and um, I love that, by the way. I, I thought so, too. I thought that was the right spot. They could have... What were the options there? What, what Second, they... eighth, and ninth, I think, is, is where a guy like that hits. Um, but I, I, I think the, the number two spot in the order is vastly underrated in, in terms of importance. And I think a lot of times you should have your best hitter there. Nicky Lopez is not their best hitter. but Maybe their best contact hitter, though. Yes, by far their best contact hitter. And, and I think, I mean, he's a week into his big league career or whatever it is, but I think he's one of the best contact hitters in all of baseball. I th- or 
let me rephrase that. I think he will prove to be one of the best contact hitters in all baseball. And they needed that. I mean, like if he sort of replaces Chris Owings in the order, that's a production that goes from zero or negative to, you know, a seven or an eight or whatever. I mean, he's, um, and if you think about like where he is in the order too, this is not, you know, when, when the Astros had like, Bagwell and those guys, you know, like the, the number two spot in the Astros order used to be the best place in baseball, you know. Um, but he's got Mondesi, Dozier, Gordon, depending on whatever order. The, the pitcher's not going to want to walk this scrawny five foot nine rookie. So he better put it on the black because if he doesn't, it's going to be right over the plate and he can hit. So it's going to be a line drive somewhere. And then he's going to be on base for those three guys behind him. And, and a lot of times Whit Merrifield is going to be on base in front of him. I, I think it's a great spot in the order. I, I, I think he does make a big difference. Um, I mean, he's not like – he's not Eric Hosmer coming up, right? He, he's a player you win with, um, but maybe not necessarily because of. But I think he does make a big difference. Um, you know, I think we will see that over time. But he can't pitch. <laughs> No, no, he can't. That's kind of what they need. And and, and I know we talked about it a week ago. Um, Starting pitching at one point, first month of the season, looked encouraging. Pretty good. And this was when Duffy wasn't, you know, part of the rotation. Duffy has since returned and has been really the only consistent, you know, performer in in the rotation. I'm, you know, Jacob Junis was, um, you know, he's getting knocked around and, um, and Brad Keller seems can't seem to find the strike zone in a consistent basis. I, I think the the strike throwing to me of the young pitchers is the bigger concern. They they, you know, they, are they nibbling too much? Are they? I don't know what's going on. But those two in particular, Keller and Junis, are uh, you know, in in a, in a season where you you patch one leak and other one springs open. Yeah, that's what's going on. I think with you know with now with the starting pitching. That's 100% how I, I feel. I mean, that, that that's – and that's also a little bit why I think that, you know, maybe they'll get to a place of some equilibrium where they've, they've patched a couple of these leaks. I think the starting pitching is going to get better. Like, sort of one of those things where I feel like I'm not really sure I can say why, but I think those two guys have it in them, and that's really all I think. I think they have it in them. Whether, whether they take that turn or not, is it, it's on them. And it might just be as simple as, a, a, you know, attack mode differently. Um, which is, I'm sure we're not saying anything they're not thinking of, but they're certainly not executing it. Yeah, I, I believe in Brad Keller. I just, I think, I think he's a good, like, if you have a sinker like that, and then you can develop a little bit of a slider, like, I, I just think you can get outs. And, um, like, yeah, I'm not going to break down mechanics or, like, I, I can't say exactly why he's been unable to throw strikes, but that's obviously concerning, and he's got to get that fixed. But he's he's 23 years old, and there's 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 enough in there, I think, to believe in. Not as an ace, but, like, I mean, he can be, you know, when and if the Royals become good. If he's your third starter or fourth starter, I think that could be a pretty good rotation. Yeah. You know, the others, I'm a less – like, Junis, that sliders I, – I don't know. I'm, I'm less – like, Junis and Lopez may be just swing guys. You know, that may be what they are. Um, I but, think Lopez is destined to the bull, for the bullpen. Yeah. It, I think that's how his – that, to me, his career arc is going to end up in the bullpen. And that can play? Yes, yes. You know, he, that can play. He, you know, one time through the order sort of guy. Yeah. You know, that's... Yeah. You know, that's, He's another, like, I think they're going to use an opener at some point this yeah. season because they 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 profile as the kind of team that can really do it. And I know that, like, a lot of people, oh, Royals opener? Like, no, but I, they've talked about it. 
I know that for a fact. Like they've talked about it internally, and I think Ned is a hurdle <laughs> to get over. I think he's he's going to resist it. <laughs> um, I, I think he, we can all agree on that. He's not just from the old school. He, he founded the old school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, uh, but I, they, they they sure seem like the kind of you know that that's the kind of roster that that could use one. One of the bigger problems too with that rotation is if you look in Omaha. There's not. No. There's, there's nobody knocking on the door. Right. Right. I mean, that's why I'm thinking ahead to, you know, are there trade pieces in this team that they could, yeah. you know, that that could, where they could get a double A pitcher, you know, with with some upside. I, I don't know. Jorge Soler is the guy I always think about as as a potential trade bait guy, but I, you know, when he's striking out twice in that bat, it seems like sometimes. Um, I don't know what you're going to get for him, but if, if he can be an on-base and power guy, I think you can get something for him, but not right now. Here's a funny question. Thinking about Alex Gordon, his future, is he back? We don't know if he's back. Is he a valuable trade piece? He only wants to play for the Royals, theoretically. The Royals probably want him here, but the way he's playing, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I haven't looked at really in the last week at his numbers, but, but by and large, rejuvenated. Mm-hmm. Is there... Is there a possibility that he's the sort of guy they, they move for what we might call future considerations or more immediate considerations? It makes sense in every way except for, except you know, for sort of the reality sentiment. For, yeah, I was going to say, and, and Lynn Worthy talked to him, and I guess on the bench at yeah. uh, in Anaheim yeah. on Friday, and the quote was, you know. I don't know, wasn't it? Or, you, yeah. or to, to me it was to the effect of I'm going to either be a royal or I'm not going to be in baseball. That's – you know, that's sort of where his mentality is, and that's uh, we. Know. We should also know he's a ten and five guy. Um, that's right, yeah. ten years of service yeah. time, five with the same team, so he can he can veto any yeah. trade no matter what. So I mean that that changes the dynamics too. But it's an interesting. I mean, there have been, there's a history. Doesn't happen all the time by any stretch, but the, the, you know, guys have been traded in July and then signed back with the team that traded them away. Like that that has happened. It kind of be weird to see. Gordon, if, and if especially if he doesn't want it, then it's not going to happen, you know. And maybe the trade, then you have to pick up his option or something, like, you know, like you know that you can play that game too. And nobody's going to want to pay him twenty three million next year. One other quick question, just because you guys have made me think of it, Ian Kennedy, where does he fit in this equation? And I, this is maybe something nobody else is thinking of, and maybe for good reason. But is, is there, as the rotation sputters like this, is there any case to be made that? They could stand to have a guy like him, or is he sort of finding his niche well enough or so well that you don't want to mess with that? My feeling from the front office, especially, is that the, the move to the bullpen in some ways was as much, maybe more, about health than performance. You know, that's a Nick Kenny question. You know, like, would he, do they think he could, he could last? Do they think he could, because he had problems, what was it, hamstring? Um, you know, some, he, he 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 started to run into some issues, and they they weren't sure that he could hold up over thirty four starts or whatever. So, you know, now it wouldn't be thirty four, right? Now it would be what you know twenty or whatever, whatever the number would be. So I I think that that would be the question too, because I think Scott Barlow is showing some things. Like yeah, Scott Barlow has is, is really yeah. emerged, and not just as like a reliable, you know, kind of nasty that curveball is jumping, but he can be more than one inning. And that's something that, that, that's and, and really useful for this innings. team. Yep, yep. Yeah. Barlow and Jake Diekman mm-hmm. and, and and Kennedy have proved to be a pretty nice back end. You know, especially when when Duffy's on the on the mound, he can get you through six with a lead. And it was set up on Sunday for you know for that succession of you know of relief pitchers. So 
that um, you know that, that that was good to see uh, yesterday. Something that Gordon and Soler and Lopez and Dozier and Merrifield and you name any Royal who comes to the plate these days have in common is they haven't hit a home run in a week and a half. It's been like eight straight games without a home run. And this was a team that, again, early in the season was not having a problem on, on that end. It seems to me if the Royals aren't scoring these days if they don't hit home runs. The you know it's 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 just odd a, a team that now is rely, reliant on power that's yeah. not what this coming yeah. out of spring training that's not what we were sold no we yeah. were like our whole theme was you know you know born yeah. to run blah, blah, yeah, whatever what was, other yeah, what was that baseball section with? theme we <laughs> cranked out anyway, to be fair there have been times where the royals couldn't score if they didn't hit a home run but there were times that they weren't scoring anyway <laughs> <That's right. laughs> right. under any circumstance yeah. but yeah you're right like to be relying on it and it still doesn't make sense because they have there's one way it does make sense, one way it doesn't. The way it doesn't is that they still have athletes. When when Mondesi's on first, he can score. <laughs> you know, like they still have that. So you think, God, you can run into something. You know, if if Mondesi's on first and Dozier hits one in the gap, that's a run. You know, but the way it does make sense is that that lineup is so, even with Lopez, it's so imbalanced. You know, like if you look at the top five spots of that order. I looked this up last week, and, and the OPS, the average OPS was something like 890. I mean, it, it, it was maybe it wasn't quite that high. It was 8-something. It was 830, something like that. A very it, good look, number. Anything over 8. A very good take. number. It, it was equal to Mookie Betts. Oh. <laughs> it was equal to Mookie Betts. And, and the last four, the OPS was basically a National League pitcher. <laughs> I mean, it was just like <laughs> just rotten. I mean, and that's a weird you know, like you've got the first five that you think bashing, 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 and then it's just Maldonado, Hamilton. You know, it's, it's just these, these really somebody, yeah. easy outs. They, they got to get that fixed somehow, too. Sadly, for the Royals, you plug one hole and two open up. Well, look, to your point, I mean, I, that, that, that anything you say about the idea of Ian Kennedy, well, I, I don't know. I mean, that could just, you know, make something else just come gushing open. I mean, it's so <laughs> right. Just, you know, right. The one thing they do, they they don't have any answers for the rotation in Omaha, but they've got some potential. Tim Hill's going to be up at some point. So is Kevin McCarthy. They're going to both those guys will be back up, and they're probably like they just. And this took them by surprise because both those guys were fairly reliable last year. They just couldn't throw strikes, like you know, story of the season, right? But they they've seen if you look at their their minor league numbers, they seem to have fixed that. So they they've got some guys like that they can plug. I'm just bringing this up. Vibe because like you make the point, you guys are both making the point about whether Kennedy can go into the rotation. They can much better cover a bullpen spot right now internally with 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 the minor leagues than they can a rotation spot. Because even like Josh Stomont, um, his ERA is pretty good, but I think he's got. I looked this up. It was something like 18 walks in 30 innings or something like that. I mean, it's just way too. He's many. a royal. Yeah. <laughs> have, you, have you looked recently at Zimmer's numbers? I haven't. Terrible. Just terrible. He, he has walked. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get this off by a little bit, I think. But he has walked at least one batter in Omaha in something like all but two of his 15 outings. Well, one thing we know for sure is in this next series, the Royals will not lose two of three. They play two <laughs> against the Cardinals uh, Tuesday night, and then on. Um, 
and then on uh, Wednesday afternoon, our sunny optimist <laughs> always, <laughs> always, always um, in uh, hand. And one thing, you know, they play in St. Louis on Tuesday night, and across uh, the street or down the road, yeah. St. Louis Blues will have an opportunity to crash the Stanley Cup Finals for the first time since 1970. Theoretically, depending on how you look at it, biggest biggest hockey game there since late 60s, early 70s. Yeah. Yep. That's. Uh, uh, amazing if they can pull if they can pull this off um i think the most um the the, the professional franchise that underserves its fan base the most <laughs> st louis blues <laughs> I, I do i you know just no no championships in, in its existence and not to the final since 1970 and i think this is right that fan base has really it, it Hockey typically seems to to bring this out in a lot of cities, right? It's it's a smaller but quite passionate number. But I think they've always done pretty well with attendance there, even through all the lean years. I, it's it's so it's it's as a former St. Louis, and I mean, it's kind of exciting to see. And heck, you know the the Blue Line uh, Bar here in town, they'll they'll, they'll, the they'll market, be right? uh, Stanley Cup Finals. They'll have a, a lot of a lot of action there, and there's a lot a little bit of a St. Louis base here. It's the closest NHL team. Um, despite the Kansas City-St. Louis disconnect, there, there seems to be a little sentiment for a team that isn't you know, included in the sport here. Well, the Sharks were down 3-1 to one to Vegas in the previous round and came back and won. So now they're down 3-2 going to St. Louis. We'll see how that ends. And we will take a break and be right back after this. Hey, it's Blair Kirkhoff, and if you're listening to this, you love Kansas City sports, whether it's the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting, Mizzou, KU, or K-State. And no one covers these teams like the Kansas City Star. If you currently subscribe to the paper or have a digital subscription, thank you for your support. And if you don't, here's a great offer. It's called Sports Pass, unlimited digital access to every sports story and video on KansasCity.com. And it's just $30 for the first year. It's the best sports value in town. Just eight cents a day or two fifty a month. You can't beat that. Subscribe now at KansasCity.com/sportspass. Welcome back to Sports Beat KC, a sports podcast presented by the Kansas City Star. I'm Blair Kirkoff here with columnist Sam Mellinger and Vahe Gregorian, and, and guys, it is. The next phase of Kansas City Chiefs, I was going to give you the, the phase number, but I've lost track of the phase numbers. I believe it's three, Blair. Is it three? Is this phase three of the OTAs? The real question is, of how many That's phases? Right. right. <laughs> we know at least one more is, uh, is impending. So what are we going to look for this week? There's only one day of, of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes speaking to the media throng, and there will be a throng out there, I guarantee you. Um, because they've condensed the space, so there'll be a ton of media in, in this small space on uh, on Thursday. But what um, what, what are the storylines this week? I'll start it off by just throwing it out that um, we haven't talked to um, Steve Spagnola since he was hired, and I don't know if he'll be available this week. But I'm kind of eager to see what who's going to be lining up where on defense. I- you know that's funny. You you brought up earlier when we were sitting in the office that uh, you know they're they're taking requests. I, I don't coaches generally aren't in that request. Uh, no, and, but there'll be a day designated list, yeah. for the assistant coaches coming up. But it sure would be nice to talk to him because he's really that that is the off season story. Other than 
you know, waiting for resolution of some sort on, on Tyreek Hill. I, I don't I don't know how there's anything that is more notable or, or worth learning about than, than the defense. And the other thing is, uh, the flip side of that, as Bill Self would say, is that we're not going to learn anything more about the defense in, until we see it played in, in real games. But I guess you can get a sense of whatever the communication, chemistry, energy is with, with Spagnuolo and, and, his, and his team. And so it, it, I guess that's somehow or another what we'll be looking at the most. They've had a few phases to work together. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it, we won't see a lot, but – We'll be able to talk to the – maybe players, coaches, at least players will be able to speak to the communication and what's different. And, and Sam, I think everything is going to be different. Everything better be different. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, the, the cornerback position is going to be pretty similar to what it was last year. Uh, pretty much everything else is vastly different. Um, and, you know, we've talked about this, but that, that safety position – needed to be and was basically shot directly into the sun and that has been completely remade and then the front seven um has also been remade both in 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 personnel and in scheme that that's where that when we talk about the shift to a four three that's where that's going to show up the most they're going to get you know at least the hope is that they'll get more coverage out of the linebackers that's why they traded for lee uh, from the Jets, which seems like I, I know he's just got one year left and he was suspended last year and all that stuff, but it seems like a really great trade. It seems like they kind of took advantage of a franchise in flux a little bit. <laughs> of a general manager turnover with the yeah, Jets because yeah. it wasn't going to happen before and then it happened right after the yeah. Jets had to name the new GM. And, you know, I think anybody that watched the Chiefs last year knows that one of the biggest problems on that defense was um, their linebackers covering. They, they could not, uh, whether it was tight ends or especially running backs out of the backfield, they just had a devil of a time doing that. And that's what Darren Lee can do. Um, I, again, it, it's a weird thing. Like, these are the things that are interesting about the Chiefs from now until, you know, the season opener in Jacksonville. But as far as, like, the OTAs, like, that, that's not going to show up, I don't think. Like, the OTAs, you can see things like McCole Hardman. Like, like somebody like that um, might show up. Juan Thornhill might make, you know, some sort of athletic, you know, sort of center fieldish kind of play. But as a unit, I just don't think we're going to be able to, you know, oh, this is really clicking or, oh, this really isn't. You know, I, I don't think you can tell that from OTAs, but it'll still be interesting to see Frank Clark out there. You know, I mean, there's. Right. We didn't see, we haven't seen the veterans yet. We, yeah. was, we had rookie minicamp earlier. And similarly, we, we you won't get a sense of, you know, how guys knock each other around out there. <laughs> right. Not not yet. We don't see that until St. Joe. But um, uh, but but we will. We'll get to see, you know, guys in uniform and, and, um, and see what they – see. again, I think where they line up, how they line up, what the depth chart will end up yeah. being. We'll get some, get some hints about that. Yeah, is, is Darren Lee the, the will? Like, is that, is that where right. it's going to be, or is it Dorian O'Daniel? You know, you, you know th- there'll be little things like that, but, you know, anybody that comes out of Thursday and be like, Chiefs got it fixed, or the Chiefs are screwed, <laughs> or whatever, like, that's just, come on. <laughs> come on. Sam, you, um, you had a chance to talk to some, some new Chiefs over the weekend. What, uh, tell us about that. We're- I did. Um, yeah, I went to... Um, to New Orleans for uh, Tyron Matthews. It's basically like a weekend. They even had a, a proclamation from the mayor uh, declaring it either Tyron Matthew Day or Tyron Matthew Weekend or something. It was it was cool. It was it was really interesting. I mean, they, they he is a guy. We'll get into this um, 
a little bit more in the story that should be up maybe later in the week. Uh, he's got an interesting, complicated relationship with New Orleans. Loves it, but you know, there's a lot of stuff that's happened there. Anyway, I think what you're asking about that, I, I did crack a case. I, I, I did break some news here. Do tell. It's very important. Um, you guys remember last year in St. Joe when Bashar Breeland came in for his visit <laughs> and he was taking selfies with Bob Sutton. And I was going to say, like, he was so inconspicuous. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> and, uh, and he walked like kind of, you know, maybe this is a reporter thing, but kind of sort of famously like walked by the throng of reporters, like with, a, with, with his phone up to his ear. Into can't, the dorm, can't talk, in the can't dorm talk. room. Into the dorm. With players only dorm. And, and it seemed to me grabbing, only putting the phone to his ear as he approached mm-hmm. us. Yes, it, yeah. it was the most, at least what appeared to be the most obvious fake phone call. <laughs> and this is not, look, I respect the fake phone call <laughs> as a move. Like, yeah, yeah. This is should be everybody's repertoire. Yes, you know? I, I respect the move. I have used it. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I asked him. You know, he's down there for the for this fundraiser. He's pumped, by the way, to play with Tyron Matthew. He said he's watched him for years and always wanted to play with this guy. And I was like, gotta ask you this, and it's important. I'm gonna put you on the spot. Were you on the phone? And he looked. And he laughed. And he's like, I know what I know what it looked like. <laughs> I know what people thought. But he said that he was on the phone, that that call was his agent. His agent was calling him and he was listening literally. And I was like, really? Like, you mean this? Yes, I mean this literally. As he was walking past As he past was walking us, past. He was on the, on the phone with That's what he said. Now, look, <laughs> give him the benefit of the doubt, I guess, because yeah. if that's me and I'm about to hear like, money terms i'm sneaking behind a tree or staying in my car or something <laughs> right. like that's that's right. how i'm taking that I'm not news. getting a cat call you know right <laughs> yeah yeah so you're, you're right i'm giving that's the it. you know i'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt yeah um, hey, but at least as far as far as i know this is the only time the question has been asked and answered so that's right kansas city star working for you <laughs> uh but <laughs> and look like you know we're not going to like pull phone records Right, and try to match that up with the exact time. But anyway, I, I just thought I it was guess. The, uh, you might not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Steve Buckrout on the case. Uh, it's on the budget. <laughs> but, uh, and, and the other very important journalism uh, story that I broke was uh, Patrick Peterson was there. Patrick Peterson, who <laughs> listeners may know from daily, by daily um, uh, trade rumors. Twitter star. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to the Chiefs. And, and Patrick Peterson was there. He actually hosted Tyron on his recruiting visit um, at LSU. Oh, wow. He is two years older than Tyron. And uh, anyway, they became close. Tyron became close with, with Peterson's dad. Um, anyway, I said, like, oh, talk to him a little bit about, about Matthew. And I was like, oh, I got to ask you this, too. Like, why are you rumored to be traded to the Chiefs every six minutes? And, and he just laughed. He said, I don't know. He said, I really don't. People put to, he, he took down his profile pic right on, on Instagram or something like that. It used to be of him in, a, like in, in a his Cardinals, gear Cardinals uniform and now it's him in a suit or whatever. Uh, and he thought that's where it came from, but he's, you know, there's nothing to it, at least as far as he knows. He'd be good with the Chiefs though. Yeah, but not available after his six game suspension for a while. I, I am here to tell you, I would want to trade for him even more now. Well, he, he's um, come, he comes a lot cheaper now. Yes, sure. that's that's the main reason. And and look, like I, I realize, like some people are offended by PED use. I don't care. I would want to know that he's because he's twenty nine, I think, or about to turn twenty nine. I just want to know that he's not a guy. He's not an, an aging cornerback with a PED suspension. There's a little bit of a my thing is like football. Like is if, if I could be confident that he was fine with football, then I've got no right. But, right. But if it what it took. Uh, if we would have taken a, a first round pick before 
and now it's a future second or a third, third or something like that because I'm here to tell you the Chiefs don't need Patrick Peterson to make the playoffs. Like they've got that. They don't need him for the playoffs, but if he comes in and now he's fresh <laughs> for for the seventh game of the season and can be, you know, work in and be, you know, totally comfortable by the end of December, January, I think that's a great trade to make. I am more into trading for him after the suspension. What's your read on why it has just been too much of a cost? Why has it been yeah. sort of debunked a lot that, that it really would happen? Yeah, I think cost um, and, and not money. He, yeah, he's, yeah. I think it's two years, 19 million, I yeah. think is the but what trade, he would be. And, and the second year is basically yeah. a club option. Um, yeah, but it's, it's, do you keep wanting to trade your first round your first round pick every year for a guy, you know, for an older player. And, you know, and that would be trading for a guy, an aging cornerback and look, 29 is young in every walk of life, basically, except for NFL cornerback um, or young tennis star or whatever. But th- that's a little bit of, you know, cause a first round pick, you, you're hoping that that guy is playing for you for five years. And with Peterson, it's probably just going to be two, you would think. And after that, you've got a cornerback in his thirties anyway. But if, if this is about like taking advantage, like maximizing this, you know, quote unquote window, that's the position they need, you know, because as much as the safety's been made over in the front seven and the scheme and all that, the corners are basically the same. Maybe you think Bashad Breeland is an upgrade over Steve Nelson. I think it's a toss up. Um, Charvarius Ward is certainly an upgrade over, over Skandrick, but young corners are also mm-hmm. sort of unpredictable. Um, you know, my gosh, if, 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 you, if you brought in Peterson, now Kendall Fuller's your two, and Breland's your three, and Ward is a guy that mixes in. I think that's a pretty strong group. Well, you you, you talked to Peterson. I don't know how, what, what what better source there would be for this, but what did Antonio Bryant tell you? Disappointingly, he was not there. The source of this story. That's, what, <laughs> that's exactly right. I mean, what is it with this That's guy? exactly right. <laughs> You're like this Twitter champion. Yeah, he'll, he'll put it out there. Yes, he you will. Know? <laughs> yes, As a reporter, he will shoot a shot, I guess you, you might say. But, yeah, it's weird. Especially when, like... The Chiefs, I mean, as of a week ago, I guess, had had zero conversations. I mean, they, they had some like very initial, very initial, um, you know, reaching out. When was the first time that this, this whole, was it, was it the deadline? I think it was the deadline maybe, last maybe. year. Maybe, it sounds right. Um, but the Cardinals weren't going to, they weren't going to do it. So, but if he was made available, I think the Chiefs, you know. Right. Brett Veach will make a trade now. Yes. And especially if it no longer yes, requires that a one. Like John Dorsey would say it. <laughs> yeah. Buddy boy, Brett Veach will make a trade, buddy boy. Now. Um, but yeah. now, yeah, if, it does, if it doesn't require a one, I think it's, it's really, really interesting. All right. Um, Brooks Kepka wins the PGA yesterday. Um, you were traveling, so you, I'm sure, That's Sam, it. you, didn't, you yeah. didn't see it. I watched a little bit of it. First of all, just trying to get used to the idea of the PGA in May and not – and, and not in August into September during you know football season. Interesting kind of guy though. The fourth major in the last eight or nine, something the, like that. In the last eight, and the reason I took note of that and and absorbed it a little is that there's only three other golfers who've done that in that kind of streak: Tiger Woods, Jack Nicklaus, and Ben Hogan. Wow, that's it. They that's have a, won four out of eight. That's quite a list. So Watson didn't do it. Palmer, Sarazen, Bobby no, Jones. That's no. I mean, that's, it, it, it's probably very close to it. That yeah. kind of thing, right? But 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 batting five hundred in a in an eight game sequence, that's, basically. That's great company. 
That's it is. A terrific it is. Company. And I, I don't know this. I'm kind of cutting you off on your on your trajectory here. I, but I, I don't know what it tells us about his future. I mean, but he's, I think he's 28. 28 maybe, or 29. It's like a little, kind of a late start. He had yeah. to, he had to come back through, uh, you know, tour school or whatever it is. They they, they, they have to uh, kind of requalify for the tour. So interesting guy, not a dynamic personality, which is I've heard, you know, golf would prefer him to be a little bit more dynamic and of course the big because it's always about social media the big uh um you know the big moment yesterday was when he didn't kiss his girlfriend before that was a great but i did see that clip <laughs> you saw that. You didn't see <laughs> i did see that clip that was great and i, I didn't see she that was clip. What, mad what, what happened what, what so it's before the before he tees off right he's walking i don't know if he's walking maybe to the clubhouse right he's walking to the clubhouse and with his girlfriend, and, they get, and the cameras are on him, and she leans in to kiss, and he just straight ahead, does not reciprocate. And I think she did it a second time, too. And, and then as soon as he didn't go for it, she, like, stepped in front of him, crossed her arms. Well, I mean, she this was is gold. I can't believe I missed that. Mad. So was that addressed was afterwards? So that's why, of course, that's why I'm watching the, uh, I have to watch, <laughs> you know, watch him sink the putt to win by two strokes over Dustin Johnson, and... So, so the CBS cameras are showing dad, mom, I think there's a stepmom involved, and the girlfriend. So who's he going to hug and kiss, you know, as, as, the, uh, you know, as the congratulations come in? Hugs his dad first. Uh, first, big hug for the caddy, because you, you got to hug the caddy, right? Mm-hmm. Caddy, dad, I, one of the moms, I think, and then the girlfriend makes sure she plants a big one, right? <laughs> right there. He wasn't going to be able to back off of this. It was... Uh, you look, whatever it takes to pull viewers into golf, I think golf will appreciate. I, I'm momentarily distracted because our uh, production man, Sam Mellinger, has uh, has uh, called up the, See those the video. See arms crossed? That the arms went Walking crossed. Walking in front. And that is not a happy look. <laughs> and, I mean, she looks really mad. Oh, you know, man. You know what? We've all seen that That's, look. Yeah, we have. We've, we've all felt that look. Only in other people's relationships, Blair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had friends, you know, I've tried to counsel them through it. <laughs> Yeah. Good for her. <laughs> you know what? She made a statement. That's she right. She really did. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I didn't realize that was before the tournament. You better you better win. <laughs> <laughs> At that point. Because that was starting to become a thing on Twitter. When he was starting to lose the lead, he had a seven shot lead, the largest lead going into the final round of a major, and he was starting to give it away. Yeah. So it was all about the it's all about the, the, the ice uh, move there. So, All right, guys, that'll do it for us. Vahe Gregorian, Sam Mellinger, thanks for stopping by. Links to the stories we discussed can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. want to thank Kathy Liu and Leah Becerra for putting the podcast together. This has been Sportsbeat KC, a sports podcast presented by the Kansas City Star. I'm Blair Kirkhoff, and thank you for listening.